Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Today, we're going to talk about you lost that loving feeling. Now, all of you that are married in the house today, or those of you that have relationships in the place today, how many of you have ever fought with your significant other? Come on, raise your hand. All over the room. Usually when we fight, it's about something that's not that big a deal, but we make a big deal about it. In fact, let me just go a little bit further. How many of you have maybe had a conflict or a fight recently with your significant other, with your spouse? with you recently. All right, raise your hand. How many of you in the last week? Come on, raise your hand in the last week. How many of you on the way to church today? Come on, raise your hand. (laughs) We will have counselors ready for you as soon as this message is over. Here's the reality. Come on, right? If If you are married to someone, you're probably going to have some conflicts. If you are in relation with some, in relationship with someone, you are probably going to have some days when you don't get along. I mean, when you first get together, oh, it's just googly eyes and everything is wonderful. But after a while, come on, how many know sometimes the things get on your nerves and sometimes there's conflict and sometimes there's frustration. And I know that you would never think that Pastor Amber and I would ever fight because we're such a perfect example, amen, to everyone of relationship and what marriage ought to be like, but I'm going to burst your bubble today. We have fights sometimes. In fact, I can think of one fight that we had one time where she called me a big old baby. (laughs) You remember that? I remember that. That was a real fight. And she probably was right. I'm telling you, she probably was. And it wasn't, that was like 10, 11 years ago, something like that. But still, we have conflict sometimes. In fact, just this last week after a fight, she actually came crawling to me on her hands and knees. And then she lifted up the bed skirt and said, get out of there and come out and fight like a man, you big old baby. That one wasn't real. I just joking on that. Hey, even pastors have fights and conflicts. And here's the thing, maybe you're in this room and maybe you've had some of that. Maybe you've lost that loving feeling in your marriage or in your relationship. And the question is not, are you gonna have those problems? The question is, why are you having those problems and what do you do about them? And so I wanna get a little bit practical about it today. And I wanna start by just saying, hey, before we can know what to do about it, we kinda, I think it helps to kinda know why it happens. And so I just kinda jotted down three reasons that I think that couples fight or that we lose the love and feeling in our relationships. And so if you're taking notes, you can write these three things down. The first one is this. I think sometimes we have conflict in our relationships simply because of pain. Everybody say pain. Pain, struggles, pain, things that we are facing, things that we are going through in our own lives. In fact, let me just say it like this. A lot of the conflict that we face in relationships really comes more down to the conflict that we have inside of us. Maybe some of you are here today and you can't seem to get along with your spouse. You can't seem to get along in your relationships and you've got this relational conflict and maybe the root of that conflict really is more of the conflict that's happening inside of you. The pain that you are feeling, the struggle that you are going through, maybe something that happened, maybe someone who caused you pain. Maybe it's your spouse that is the one that is causing you pain. 
But oftentimes, the fight or the conflict that we are having with our spouse or with the person that we are dating really has nothing even to do with our spouse, has nothing to do with our husband or our wife. Many times, it has way more to do with the pain that we are experiencing inside our own life, something that someone did, some way that someone disappointed us. Some kind of luggage that we're carrying around from past experiences that we brought into the marriage and we, we haven't yet dealt with it. For many people, the cause of your conflict in your marriage or in your relationship goes back to something that happened in a previous relationship. Or something that happened in your home when you were growing up. Or something that was missing. Something that you didn't get from your father or from your mom. Or something about your family of origin and the way that you were raised that has caused you pain and strife and struggle. For some people, it's the fact that there are expectations that we had about marriage or even about life that aren't being met. And so now we have this disappointment. Remember we talked about it a few weeks ago. Like, I didn't think life would be this way or I thought I'd be further along than I am right now. And so we carry around this emotional pain and these, these struggles. And for some of you, it's, it's even self-inflicted pain, things like addictions and habits and insecurities that you carry around this conflict inside of you that then begins to manifest itself in the relationships around you. That some of you, maybe it's not your spouse that's the issue, Maybe it's something inside of you that's the issue. And here's what I know. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Hurt people hurt people. Isn't that true? And so if I'm carrying around hurt in my own life, then guess what's going to happen? Eventually, that's going to come out and hurt the people around me. And so for many marriages, here's the problem. Here's the reason that we lose the love and feelings. The reason we have conflict and we have strife is not necessarily my wife or my husband that's causing me, like, that's not the real fight. The real fight is what's going on inside of me. In fact, I like to say it like this. The issue is never really the issue. The thing that we're fighting about, a lot of times that's really not the real issue. Usually there's something deeper underneath there. And so one of the reasons that couples fight, one of the reasons that we have these kind of struggles and conflict in our marriage is pain. No, notice number two. The second reason I think that we have conflict in our marriage and in our relationships is personalities. Everybody say personalities. Personalities. In fact, help me out. If you're married here today, raise your hand. How many of you, or if you're dating someone, how many of you are married to or dating someone who is different than you? Come on, <laughs> raise your hand. Uh, put it down. How many of you are, are married to somebody or, or dating someone who is completely opposite of you? Come on. <laughs> lots and lots of hands that are going up. And it's interesting, isn't it? That when we're dating, we often say this phrase. How many of you have heard this before? Opposites what? attract, right? And so when we're dating, that's really great. Opposite, I'm attracted to someone who's opposite. But when we get more serious and when we get married, oftentimes it's not opposites attract, it becomes opposites attack. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it is. It's like, it's like the thing that was so cute about them when we're dating is now the thing that is driving me crazy about them, right? 
It's the, it's the issue of personality. In fact, help me out today, audience participation, those that are married. If you said, I, I married someone who is different than me, how many of you in your marriage, you are the one that, uh, I don't know, you are the one that likes to be on time all the time. Come on, if you like to be on time, lots of people raise their hand, put, put them down. How many of you, it's gonna be interesting to see who you're sitting next to, who raised their hand. How many are the ones that are like, I'll just get there when I get there. Come on, raise your hand. Like I'm seeing over here. One said, I'm on time. The other person said, I'll get there when I get there. All right, how about when it comes to, I don't know, how, maybe going on a trip or in, in any way in your life, how many of you are the kind of people who are a planner? You like to plan things. Come on, raise your, raise your hand. You like to plan things out, like planning vacation, planning the calendar, planning the stuff, right, right, right. How many of you now are like, man, I just fly by the seat of my pants. Come on, we're going to do... Well, I'm telling you, opposites are attracting here. I'm just saying, how many, when it comes to money, how many of you are the spenders? Come on, raise your hand. You, as soon as you get it, it's burning a hole in your pocket. You're spending it. Yeah, spenders, lots of spenders. All right, how many of you are savers? Raise your hand. Like, all right, all you tightwads know exactly who you are. And we know who you are too. And isn't it interesting? I'm looking out so I can see you guys. People sitting right next to each other. One hand goes up for one question. Right next to them, their spouse, their hand goes up, right? And so opposites attract. But here's what happens. After we've been married for a little while, like I said, that very thing that attracted you to them is actually the thing that frustrates you about them because they're not like you. They're different than you. And so personalities can kind of, a lot of times, be the reason for our conflict. And so let me just give you a couple things about personality issues in a relationship. You can write these notes down. Letter A is this. Sometimes it's not wrong. It's just different. Everybody say, it's just different. It's just different. Sometimes we get so frustrated because my wife or my you know, girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever, is not doing things the way that I want them to do because they're not doing it the way I would do it, right? And they're doing it wrong. But actually... Sometimes it's not wrong. It's just difference. In fact, that very difference was the thing that attracted you to them in the first place. Here's another one. Write it down. You have to know the difference that actually it's the differences that actually make you complete. Everybody look at your spouse if you're next to them. Just tell them you complete me. Come on. Just tell them you complete me. Our differences, guess what? They complement each other. In fact, if you were both exactly the same, then one of you would not be necessary. God put your spouse in your life to make up for the differences, the weaknesses, the areas that I'm strong might be areas that Amber is stronger than me. I was about to say weak, but I, I'm not gonna say that. That would mess me if she's here. Let's say like this, the areas that Amber is strong are usually the areas that I am weak. Come on. The areas that I am strong are usually the areas that Amber is not as strong, okay? Let's say it like that. Because <laughs> God put us together. He put us together for a reason like that. It's not, it's not wrong. It's just different. And those differences complement each other. They're what make us whole and complete together. And so here's what you have to do. The third one, write it down. You have to decide what am I willing to accept and what needs to be addressed. There are some differences that you just gotta go, they're different and it's okay. It actually is good that they are different. I just need to accept it. 
And then there are those things that you need to go, hey, maybe we need to talk about that so we can get on the same page. And you have to decide, what differences do I just accept? And which differences do we decide to address? And here's my advice for you today. Hey, there are some hills that are just not worth dying on. There are some battles that are just not worth fighting. We're different. Now, let me, let me add this to it. I'm talking about personality issues, not character issues, okay? Character issues always need to be addressed, but sometimes personality issues just need to be accepted. Why do we fight? I'll tell you why. It's because pain that we carry around in our life. It's because personalities, we're just different. Opposites attract. But then notice number th- three. This is where it gets tough. Why? Why do couples lose that love and feeling? I'll tell you why. Pride. Most conflicts come down to this, pride. And here's what pride does. I'm gonna break it down for you. Pride says I'm better than you, or I know better than you, or my way is better than yours. And don't we do this all the time in marriage? The way I wanna do the money and the finances is better than the way you wanna do it. The way I wanna raise the kids is better than the way you want to raise the kids. The way that I install the toilet paper on the roll is better than the way, come on, right? And everybody knows, I mean, just put it on there. Just don't stick it on the top of the tank. That's all I'm saying, right? And we have these ideas that my way's better and I want things my way, which leads to conflict. In fact, this is what it says in Proverbs 13 and verse 10, pride leads to what? To arguments. We have pride, we're gonna have conflict, we're gonna have arguments. In fact, I like the way James says it and I love the way it reads in the message, a paraphrase of James chapter four. It says, where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? No, think again. They come about because what? You want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourself. He says, why do you think people can't get along? Why do you think there is war? Why do you think there is conflict? Why do you think that relationships have fights? Why do you think marriages have struggles in this area? I'll tell you why. Because you want what you want. And you are willing to fight within yourself to try to get what you want. Mostly because we are prideful, sinful human beings. And when you get one prideful, sinful human being together with another prideful, sinful human being, guess what's going to happen? Conflict. So why does conflict happen? Happens because of our pain. Happens because of our personalities. Happens because of our pride. So what do we do about it? Well, this is where it gets fun. Here's what we do. When, when you've lost that love and feeling, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you three things to do when you're facing conflict in your marriage. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. The first one is this. You gotta drop the toolbox and you gotta pick up the towel. Now, some of you say, I don't even know what you're talking about, Pastor. What does that mean? Well, here's what I'll tell you. A lot of times, here's what we want to do in our marriage is we want to try to fix our spouse. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? So we get out the toolbox and we go, man, I don't like what they're doing. And so I'm just going to hammer them into place. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to pound them into submission until they do things my way. Or maybe we're not that, you know, maybe we're not that brutal to get the hammer. Maybe it's more like, you know, my spouse is really screwed up and they got some screws loose. So I'm going to put down the, I'm going to tighten the screws down to get them to do the things the way that I want them to do. You can tell I'm not a carpenter by the way I'm doing the, the screwdriver here. 
or we go, hey, let me do this. Let me get out the tape measure and let me measure how much better I'm doing than how they're doing, right? And then I'll go and show them. Come on, I can tell you I'm doing better than you're doing because I can see it with my tape measure. And we got our toolbox out. And we're going to fix our spouse, right? And this is the reason that con- there's conflict, because your spouse also wants to fix you. But let me just tell you, you're not called to fix your spouse. You know what you're called to? You're called to serve them. And so this is what you've got to do. If you want to get rid of conflict in your marriage and in your life, here's what you do. You drop the toolbox and you pick up the towel and you decide to serve. How can I serve? How can I love you? Not how can I fix you, but how can I feel where you're at? And how can I serve you in our, in our marriage, in our relationships, in our lives? In fact, this is what Jesus did. Check this out. In the, as Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross in John chapter 13 and verse number one, look what it says. It says it was just before the Passover feast. And Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and go into the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them what? The full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served and the devil was already prompting Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped himself in a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying with them with the towel that he had wrapped around his waist. What does it say? It says, he showed them what? The the full extent of his love. When he wanted to show them that he loved them, what did he do? He got up and he picked up a towel and he washed their feet. He served them. He didn't, he had every right to show them how messed up they were, to give them a lecture, to pound them into shape because they weren't doing things all the way that they should do. But instead, he didn't know, he didn't love them by trying to fix them. He loved them by setting aside the right that he had even to speak into their lives and picking up a towel and washing their feet to serve them. And I'm telling you, if you want to overcome conflict in your marriage, what you got to do is you got to lay down the toolbox and you got to pick up the towel and you got to go, man, I'm going to serve my spouse. And even when I, man, I don't feel like it. And even when maybe she doesn't deserve it or he doesn't deserve it, I'm going to do the dishes. I'm going to help with the kids. I'm going to show them the full extent of my life, of my love. And guess what will happen when you do that? It'll start to change their attitude. I'm just telling you, when you start serving your spouse, they're going to start softening up just a little bit and things are going to happen It's going to be a little easier to kind of have those conversations. And here's the thing. It might change your spouse, and I think it will. But even more than that, it'll change you. When you get the attitude of a towel rather than a tool man that's going to fix everything, and you just go, man, I don't know. I can't fix them. Only God can fix them. And I need to be fixed too. So I'm going to take on the attitude of a servant. I'm going to pick up a towel. I'm going to just, we're going to serve, I'm going to serve my spouse Guess what? It's kind of hard to fight with someone who you're serving. It's kind of hard to stay mad at someone who you on a daily basis are picking up your towel to love them and serve them. So what do you do? You drop the toolbox, you pick up the towel. Number two, write this one down. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to lay down the ping pong paddle and you're going to pick up the baseball glove. Now, how many of you have ever played ping pong before? If you, if you raise your hand, if you ever played ping pong. When you play ping pong, what's the object of the game, right? They hit the ball at you, and what are you going to do? You're going to hit the ball back at them as fast as you can to try to get them to miss it, right? 
And so then they're going to serve it up to you. And man, you're going to shoot it back at them as fast as you can to try to get them to, try to, get them to miss it. And isn't this what we do sometimes in conflict and in, in times when we have arguments with our spouse? It's like playing ping pong. They're shooting stuff at us and we're shooting it back at them as fast as we can to try to get them to try to win the game, right? But if we really want to deal with conflict, what we got to do is we, we got to drop the ping pong paddle. We got to pick up the baseball glove. Now think about how many of you ever played catch before? You played catch before? When you play catch, you're not trying to throw it back at them as fast as you can so that they'll miss it or so that you can beat them. No, catch is a two-way street. And what do you do? You take the glove and you throw it to your spouse and then, you know, or you throw it to the person that you're playing catch with. And what happens? Your son or whatever catches the ball. They hold it for a minute. They get a grip and then they toss it back. And the object is for you to catch it. Then you hold it for a little bit and then you throw it back and they catch it, right? And here's the thing. In conversations and in conflict in our marriage, it should be less like ping pong and more like catch. It should be, hey, we're having a conversation or even an argument about this. But instead of trying to rapidly just shoot back the answers to try to beat them in the argument. Instead, what I'm going to do is when my spouse throws something at me, I'm going to catch it. And I'm going to hold on to it for a minute. I'm going to let it sink in. And I'm going to think about and try to understand what they're trying to say. And then I'm going to formulate my thoughts. And then I'm going to throw it back to them lightly so that they can catch it as well. And then they're going to catch it and think about it a little bit. And then they're going to throw it back. And we're not playing ping pong. We're playing, we're playing catch. We're trying to understand one another. In fact, this is what James was talking about. It says everyone should be quick to what? To listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What was James talking about? He's talking about playing catch. He's saying, hey, in an argument, I may be quick to listen. Let me catch it. Let me listen to it. Let me take it in. Let me see what God wants to say to me about that. And then I'm slow to go ahead and speak back. And then they're going to do the same thing. And when that happens, if everyone would be quick to listen and slow to speak, I promise you, people would be a whole lot more slow to become angry. But here's the problem, is that most of us, what we really want is to have a discussion when what is really healthy is to have a dialogue. You know what discussion is? You know where the root word for discussion came from? It comes from the same word that we get our word concussion. So to have a discussion is basically the idea of a discussion is I'm going to try to win the argument. I'm going to try to win the other person over to my side. Even if I have to beat it into them, I'm going to make them see things my way. But a dialogue is totally different. The purpose of a dialogue is not to get the other person to believe in my way. The purpose of a dialogue is to understand the other person's perspective. And just imagine what would happen in your marriage instead of having ping pong, I'm gonna hit it back to them and try to beat them into thinking the way I think. You played a little catch and you just said, hey, I don't wanna have a discussion, I wanna have a dialogue. You talk to me about how you're feeling, let me understand how you're feeling. I'll talk to you about how I'm feeling and let you try to understand so that we can understand one another's perspective. Imagine the difference that might make. If we would decide, drop the toolbox, pick up the towel, Drop the ping pong table or ping pong paddle, pick up the ball and glove. But then lastly, here's what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to lay down some luggage. We have to pick up God's love. Truth is, a lot of you in your marriage, in your relationships, man, you're carrying around bags, all kinds of luggage, all kinds of baggage. 
things that happened in your past, things that happened in a past relationship, things that your parents did or said, things that are weighing you down and holding you down. And the truth is the only way that you're ever gonna get past all that pain and all that hurt that is causing so much conflict and struggle in your marriage, the only thing that's gonna help is the love of God in your life. See, some of you, you don't need marriage tips. What you need is you need God's healing because you're carrying around all this stuff and the only way to get past it is to lay it down at the feet of Jesus and let him heal it. And here's what I wanna tell you today. For every pain that you have experienced in your life, for every baggage that you have carried into your marriage or into your relationships, guess what? Jesus made a way for you to be healed by what he did on the cross. You think about the story of the cross. Jesus went to that cross. Bible says he was innocent, completely without fault, but they convicted him. And they took him and they tied his hands to a post. And they took what is called a cat of nine tails, which basically was a a handle that had nine strips of leather that was laced with pieces of bone and glass and jagged pieces of metal. And then they would put it in water, soak it in water to weigh it down. And they took him, they strapped him to that pole and 39 times over and over and over and over, they beat him with that cat of nine tails. And the Bible says that it's the, it's the stripes that he took on our back and, and on his back. And Isaiah, it says that by his stripes, we are healed. That maybe some of you, maybe the, the point of contention in your marriage or in your relationships has to do with a physical, actual pain. How many know when we are in physical pain in our bodies, come on, it can come out in stress in our relationships and everything else. And here's what I want to tell you. Jesus took every one of those 39 stripes on that day for your healing in your body. In fact, every pain that you have, that you have physically experienced, he has paid for it by what he did when he took those 39 stripes on his back. They took Jesus after giving him the 39 stripes. And they took a thorn bush and they shaped it into the shape of a crown. Two inch thorns. They took it and they shoved it down on his head. And blood flowed down from his brow, but it didn't just flow down on the outside because of the way that they put it on his head. It began to go up into his, up into his cranium and into his brain and cause intense pressure. And some of you can relate to that, not physically, but emotionally, mentally. You have intense pressure, anxiety, depression, things that mental health issues that are pressing down upon your mind. And that's the big reason for your struggle in your marriage and your relationships is all this mental stuff that you're facing. And here's what I want to know. I want you to know Jesus took that cross or took that, took that crown on his head. He experienced all that torment to his mind, to his head, so that you could have healing in your mind as well. They took Jesus, they threw a cross upon his badly beaten back, forced him to carry it up the hill. He got to the top of the hill, they spat on him and they punched him in the face. They threw him down on that cross. They took giant spikes and they beat him down into his hands, down into his feet. It's important hands and feet because what do hands and feet represent? Hands represent everything we've ever done. Our feet represent everywhere we've ever gone. 
And some of you, the conflict in your marriage or in your relationship has to do with the pain of guilt. Things I've done, places I've gone, things I've said. And Jesus took those spikes in his hands and in his feet so that you could have healing over the pain of your guilt. Finally, they took the cross and they shoved it down into a hole. Jesus hung there. Typically, it would take a few days for criminals who were crucified to die, but the Bible says that Jesus died just nine hours later. The soldiers were surprised that he was already dead, so they went to check to see if he was really dead, and they took a, they took a spear and they shoved it up into his side. And the Bible says as they did, blood and water flowed out. It was important that it wasn't just blood that flowed out, blood and water flowed out because that gives us a clue to how Jesus died. You see, the reason that water flowed out as well was because his heart had already ruptured. So Jesus didn't die. He he didn't die from asphyxiation. He didn't die from the intense, excruciating pain. He didn't die from blood loss. He actually died of a broken heart. Some of you, your hearts have been broken. Gone through painful divorce. You've had a spouse that has died and you've grieved over that. You've had a spouse that has betrayed you. You've had relationships that have been not good in the past. You've had hopes and dreams that didn't come to pass. You dreamed of the marriage you wanted to, and it didn't happen and your heart has been broken. But Jesus went to that cross. He died of a broken heart so that your heart could be healed. In fact, I wanna wrap up with this one last passage of scripture. I love the way it says it in Colossians chapter one, verse 19 in the message, all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people, things, animals, atoms, get properly fixed and fitted together in vibrant harmony, all because of his death, his blood that was poured down from the cross. Anything that is broken in your life today, guess what? It can be healed because of what Jesus did. See this series tell you the truth is I can give you some marriage tips and I can help you, but only Jesus can heal you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me today all over this room. Lord, thank you for what you did for us. Thank you that you sent your son because you loved us so much. That he went to the cross so that every broken piece of our lives could be properly fixed and fitted back together in perfect harmony. You were broken so that we could be, we could be healed. So God, today I've done my best to try to give them some good marriage tips and help them with some advice, but God, only you can heal. So I pray you would do that work right now that I can't do. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're in this room today and maybe that's you. You're just saying, I. I'm telling you, I haven't been able to figure out why I'm always fighting, why I've always got this conflict in my life. I'll tell you why, because you're always gonna have that conflict until you come to surrender. Come to that place of saying, Jesus, I want you to be mine and I wanna be yours. You accept what he has done for you. 
If you're in this room today and that's you and you say, I know I'm not where I should be with God. I'm not in a right relationship with God, but today I wanna accept what Jesus has done for me. I wanna receive the healing that he wants to bring in my life in this moment, in this time, I'm ready to begin relationship with Jesus Christ as my savior. If that's you, I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three all over this room, I just want you to lift up your hand as high as you can. You ready? One, two, three. Come on, lift your hands all over the place. I'm not where I should be with God. Thank you over here. One, two, anybody else all over this room today? I'm not where I should be with God, but I wanna be right with him today. Two or three at least have lifted their hand today. Anybody else wanna join those today? I want us to stand on our feet all over this room this morning. And I want us to pray with each one that lifted their hand today. I want everyone praying aloud and surrender and in support today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me. And today I surrender my life to you. You be my savior and be my Lord. From this moment forward, I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just give the Lord praise? Here's what we're gonna do today all over this room. Could we just take a moment, just lift our hands. And while we're lifting our hands and closing our eyes, I want you to know our prayer team is on both sides of the room right now. Maybe some of you in this room, you got some pain, you got some struggles, you got some things. Maybe you've lost a spouse, you've gone through a divorce, you've got something that has nothing even to do with what we talked about today, but you're carrying it around. That's what this prayer team is for. And so as we lift our hands and as we pray, this is an opportunity for you to just slip out to the sides and let them pray one-on-one with you today. I wanna pray over each of you today. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I pray for every person, every person in this room today. God, every marriage, God, I pray whatever might be broken would be healed in Jesus' name. Even more than that, God, whatever in our hearts, Lord, might be filled with pain or brokenness. God, I pray that through the power of the cross, Lord, that every broken place in our life would be fixed and fitted together and would be healed because of what you have done. God, I pray blessings over every person that's in this room today. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, just give the Lord praise. 